Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 7 Chicago Bears postgame show, as your Bears are, well, they're actually currently losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by the final score of 38-3, and I said final, we don't know yet, there's still about two minutes uh, left in this one, at least according to my ESPN uh, game flow, game kind of cast, that's what they call it over here, I don't know, it's been an afternoon, Nick, my brain feels like mush as I just watched this entire Bears team implode in front of you know my very eyes, and uh, let's just talk about it. Let's do it, Will. I mean, it happened so quickly, too. Like, right before we went live, it's right from the get-go. You have the three-and-out on offense. You have the sack. You have the big punt return. And then you get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scoring in, in two plays after that. So even though it was 7-0, Will, it felt like it was going to inevitably get to this and still continuing 38-3 to score, right? So it happened so quickly, and that's the thing that I think is the most deflating. Uh, obviously, the loss is a loss. I think a lot of people are expecting that, but it happened instantaneously. After that ball kicked off, it was essentially over. Almost. Uh, the Bears started, what, three and out on offense, gave Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense a short field after a long punt return. Uh, I think that was the first short field that Tampa Bay was able to execute on. And from that moment, uh, I just had that all too familiar deep feeling in my gut that we're in for a long evening, a long afternoon. And this is going to be a postgame show that. Uh, I think we've had far too often here throughout, this is episode like 605, uh, so throughout the entirety of these seven seasons covering the team, uh, I feel like we've made so much progress, yet here we are yet again uh, with a huge, uh, disappointing loss. And uh, let's start with our first quarter of the game, and uh, let's get into this monster moment. And Nick, uh, there's not many games where I say there isn't a monster moment. Uh, I don't think I have one. Uh, I have one maybe, which was like the goal line stand at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up throwing an interception like two plays later. It, am I wrong? Was there a monster moment of this game, like a positive for the Bears, or just the biggest moment of the game in general, which I felt like we hit on, which was just the Bears going down almost immediately because the Bears what they won the coin toss elected to receive and then within three minutes ended up going three and out and allowing Tampa Bay to score on offense and going down 7-0 how quickly things kind of fell into place here 
Well, Will, I think, you know, with the monster moment, because we phrase it, it in a positive way, was there a positive for the... There isn't. Like, there's monster moments where you knew this game was essentially over, or the monster moments in favor of the Buccaneers, but positivity and what the Bears were kind of doing, I don't know if there's one that's justifiable for, for what this segment's supposed to mean. Because in all three phases, it would be it would be really hard to find something like that. Maybe the, the only thing, logically, would be to look at either one of the... You know the goal line, the goal line stand that the the Bears had when, um, you know they only give up three instead of seven, or maybe on that one scoring drive, you look at, you know what one of those plays could be a monster moment. But that yeah, that would be really weak for what this segment's supposed to be about. The one guy who does his job in this team, and that's Cairo Santos, kicking the field goal. And maybe he's not MVB. I think we have a better candidate for that later on in the show. We'll talk about it. But, Nick, uh, how about you? I know we're kind of riffing uh, a little bit more informally than normal, but do you still have, like, an opening statement? I think, for me, this game is just symbolic of Matt Nagy and the un- unwillingness and unpreparedness that he has for adjustments. Because, obviously, we found not not too long ago that it would be Elijah Wilkinson would be on the COVID-19 reserve list. So the Bears had to adjust quickly to that. And what do they do? They have Lachavius Simmons be that guy. But mm. you saw early on that he wasn't capable of doing that. He wasn't in what the Bears weren't doing. They weren't sending help that way. And we saw the fumbles, the sacks that Just Fields was taking. But when you look at that bigger picture, well, the adjustments that Matt Nagy can't make on the fly, he needs to be able to do that as a head coach. You need to be able to do that in-game. But seeing that that adjust, there was no real big adjustment made. They finally went to Alex Bars, which I think was better. But I think this this loss, the lack of adjustments, it's all reflective of, of the guy in charge, Matt Nagy. And yes, this was a game that the Bears were probably going to win even if they played perfectly, to be completely honest. But like we said, it got out of hand so quickly. They didn't make the proper adjustments. And when you see it all bigger picture, it's like, We've, we've been through this so many times. Well, you, you talked about all the episodes we've done, but we're having these losses that it seemed like it was over. The Bears were completely overmatched, overpowered. There wasn't a chance in hell they were going to win. And, yeah, it goes back to the guy that's in charge. And so that's kind of what I was thinking when as we were kind of going through and thinking, yeah, what, what could be a good talking point for this, for this segment. But it's just a lack of preparation, the willing to adjust, reflective of the head coach. Yeah, I think you pretty much hit the the nail on the head there, Nick. Uh, if I'm looking for Mason here, who's not on the show for us today, he's down in Disney World having a hell of a time. Yeah, <laughs> so, what a weekend uh, for him to choose this vacation. I don't think his timing could have been any more uh, better. Uh, I'm just looking at the red zone uh, for the Bears uh, in general on defense. Uh, five first, uh, five trips in the red zone they allowed in the first half, and points on every single one of them. I think touchdowns on. Four all five, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not going back through this box score. I quit taking notes probably halfway through the second quarter. There was just no reason to at that point uh, whatsoever. I don't need to get into those kind of ultra-specifics. But regardless, uh, it's just two weeks in a row where this Bears defense, and we saw it early on in the year, they were allowing a lot of trips in the red zone, but they weren't breaking. But last week against Green Bay and again uh, in this one against the Buccaneers, uh, they definitely broke. Uh, I know the offense, North Special Teams helped them out with the short fields uh, and going up against an offense led by Tom Brady, even though they're down a couple of weapons, it's still almost an impossible task to try to keep them out of the end zone. So I'm not trying to totally throw the defense under the bus, although I think at times their effort or lack thereof was also just very apparent. But on the day, the Bears allowed 
Five red zone touchdowns on those seven trips. I think things got better in the second half once you know, garbage time uh, happened. Uh, so that's <laughs> just going to be kind of like my stat. Uh, outside of that, there's maybe some glimmers of positives we can talk throughout. But anything else as we kind of open things up for some general statements? Like, what does this loss mean to like the Bears or to us as fans? Because I'm still processing it, and you know, I had a pretty rough week personally, and so I'm still kind of catching up. But I feel like this loss, even though I expect them to lose, it stings just because of how easily and quickly this entire team rolled over. I know they're dealing with people out. Uh, I know they're dealing with injuries and people going on COVID and they're going on the road against a really good team. But man, I think you said it, Nick, in one of your tweets, maybe about an hour ago. This is like so, so, so embarrassing. It is. And like, what would it take for actual change to actually happen that's what i was thinking as this game's going on like new knowing that it's over like we've seen like well like we talked about like we've seen losses kind of like this where it's very one-sided but there hasn't been real big changes that come like people were chanting at the game well like you can hear it through the broadcast fire naggy like at an away stadium you can hear fire naggy but even a loss like this wouldn't create that that change that who knows would maybe not make the team better who knows what it would do but it's like they get away with kind of getting these having executing and performing like this and nothing really ends up changing from it. it's like oh what are you gonna if you if anybody you know goes to watch like the the press conference you're gonna hear like the why we're, we're gonna search for the why like this happened why weren't we on the that's what Matt Nagy's gonna tell to everybody and he never has answers for those whys so it's it's something that even with this loss you would think something could amount to it in terms of maybe a, a, a system chain or you know head coaching like whatever it may be but That's all I was thinking about. Like, yes, it stings. This one does sting, even though we were expecting a bad loss. But nothing – I personally don't think anything will come out of it because the Bears haven't done anything in the past when losses like this have happened. Yeah, I I think history is a huge indicator of what is not going to happen, and that is going to be, you know, Matt Nagy is not going to get fired this weekend. He's not going to get fired this season. Uh, If it's going to happen, they'll let him go after the year is completed. It's just how – uh, they do business, and you know, it felt like we're, you and I are right back into, I don't know, any time after week 10 of last year form already. Uh, yeah. If it's, all right, when's this show going to end? When can we move on to the off season? And games like today where they don't appear motivated to play, like they already knew they were going to lose, uh, the lack of effort just in general, uh, and on top of that too, just the blunderous eff- effort uh, on all three phases out of the gate, it just – screams you know ineptitude as well as a lack of desire to win uh and that's really tough to swallow uh, right now let's go into the second quarter of the show and let's talk about this bears offense uh i don't again i don't know what stats even matter uh, with some garbage time but 311 total yards uh, they were able to run the ball effectively against this defense which i think is perhaps the biggest positive of the entire game uh, khalil herbert uh going up against the best run defense in the nfl and running against them with ease uh, throughout the majority of this first half, had about 100 yards uh, right before halftime just on the ground. Uh, where do you want to steer this offensive conversation? I know we have a few different paths we can follow, uh, good, bad, or otherwise, but I'll let you kind of take it from here, and we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll start with the positive because it's really short list of things. But Khalil Herbert, I think, is just continuing to build off his performance from last week with the Packers and even before that with the Raiders. But 
the 18 carries, finally getting those 100 yards, that 100-yard game for himself. So, you know, he is proving that once David Montgomery gets back, you have a you have a pretty lethal combo of running backs that can um, really do some really good things in the ground game. But it was going to take far, far, far more than just the Bears having a, an efficient rushing attack to really stay in this game. And that's what I was talking with Mason about in the preview show. And, you know, obviously the score reflects that. But that was a positive, even despite being down, you know, you're starting right tackle and having to switch guys out. They were able to, you know, create those rushing rushing lanes for Khalil Herbert. But where I want to take this next, Will, is just I think guys being so – well, just other players that you expect to kind of show up, they didn't. Like Darnell Moon, I, like, I, I completely messed up on my, one of my tweets saying that, hey, Justin Fields needs to make that throw. But it's just Darnell Mooney dropping a pass on the third and two. He dropped another pass. It hits him in the hands, leads to an interception. I don't know what's up with Allen Robinson and Justin Fields, Will, but it just seems like those two guys just, for whatever reason, just cannot connect. It's, it was an underthrown ball for, the I think, the fourth interception, if I'm not mistaken, for Fields, where and it doesn't even look like Allen Robinson makes any effort whatsoever to kind of come back to that. There was also the play where he slips, where Justin Fields trying to throw downfield. I, again, it just seems like there's some kind of disconnect, but it's like guys that you're hoping will step up. Cole Komet has a bad drop on third down, too, right to begin that game. So guys are dropping passes for a rookie quarterback going against a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl reigning champs. You can't have that. So it's like other guys need to step up along with, of course, Justin Fields and, you know, the, the play calling. But just a lack of, you know, execution from all facets of the offense. It was. Uh, with Allen Robinson, I feel like, again, uh, this week we only had the TV broadcast. He appeared checked out uh, from what I can gather uh, watching this game. And, you know, if he's not getting uh, the bulk of the looks like he has in years past, he signed that franchise tag. I, I think he's collecting a paycheck and he's seeing what may happen uh, for his future as well. Uh, but no matter what that is, he's still not being acclimated into this offense and as a pivotal point of it as we have seen in the past and really what we need him to be uh, that true wide receiver one. But yeah, and no one helps each other. And I think that's the story of this entire game, let alone like if you want to look at like the micro of the offense, them too. Like the offensive line didn't help Fields. Fields wasn't helping his receivers too much. It was just like kind of like a trickle effect. And I think they talked about it on the broadcast. Like look at all the time Tom Brady has compared to mm-hmm. Justin Fields. And Tom Brady pretty much knows everything in the playbook. Every look, every coverage you can throw at him while Fields is still learning. So when you have that shortened window, time to throw, it just kind of exasperates that problem a bit, which we know we talk about it. It makes a lot of sense. I just feel like third downs, Nick, they were exactly uh, what I don't want them to be, and they were a death sentence uh, here today. 0 for 7 uh, in that first half, two two turnovers on third downs, three drops. Uh, So when the Bears couldn't get time, you know, Fields does have to learn how to handle that football a little bit better in the pocket. But then when he did and he made a throw, then we're getting the drops. So it just was not working, you know, whatsoever. And uh, I know Latavia Simmons starting at right tackle is tough. And I don't know. At one point, I feel like this guy needs to be off this football team. Like, why would you have, like, obviously he's shown he doesn't have it. Uh, I feel bad because obviously leading into the year, Nick, no one thought like, hey, Latavia Simmons is going to play meaningful snaps at right tackle for us this season. That was not the plan, uh, but that's where we're at. And that's a problem. And uh, that's where I'm at. Again, I'm just kind of spinning out of control in my own mind, trying to keep calm. And I don't know if it's going to work for this whole show. No, and I think this loss, it kind of just like you know like i'm gonna say so many times like i we just knew that the bears didn't have a chance but it's how everything happened and 
offensively, there, there's just nothing to build upon, too. There really nope. isn't anything other than Khalil Herbert running the ball. But, you know, the Bears have been running the ball all season. So there really isn't anything that the Bears can take from this. And, yeah, maybe Justin Fields is learning, oh, you know, you can't – once I turn my back towards someone after play action, you know, I have to be cognizant that this offensive line is not going to hold up. Like, maybe those kind of things. But there isn't anything that I see that this this offense is growing. Like, Tony Romo mentioned it. He's like, yeah, the Bears need to be doing more of this. Like, these rollout, condensed field. Like, do what you, is good for your, for your offense. Stick to it. It's like when you start opening things up this early, it's that's where things kind of go – you know, bad for this offense. Justin Fields isn't quite ready to, you know, diagnose the entire field, the entire field. And then, uh, you know, with all the different defenses, how they rotate and things like that. So there, there isn't any building block to take away from it. And, you know, after what, just scoring 14 points last week, you go down to three this week. So the points are still not getting there. Nothing is looking better. And that is, that is such a big issue with, what this season is supposed to be about development for Justin Fields. There was nothing that there wasn't any development in this game. I felt, I felt bad, honestly, Will, just seeing him drop back. And the one hit he takes from the linebackers late in the game where um, I think Khalil Herbert actually catches a deflected pass that was in the air. Yeah. He's like all and contorted just, and yeah. And he's like laying on the ground, like eyes closed. And you know, he's just taking some shots back there, man. And and I just feel like throughout the course of this rookie season, there's going to be a lot more of those. There is going to be a lot more of those shots, and you just don't know. Like, Justin Fields is a very confident guy, just how he has presented himself, how what he's done already. But And I don't want to say, like, all these things are going to shake him, but we don't know how he's reacting to all this stuff. Like, going from a high-profile, pro- prolific offense in Ohio State, and now you're on the Bears, and you barely can – you put up three points. You didn't throw any touchdowns. You threw three interceptions today. Like, that is I, – I don't care who you are. Like, that's tough. That is tough to overcome. That is tough to, you know, process and think about as you're going into, you know, next week and all those things that are happening. But, yeah, so you just got to also think, yes, he's supposed to be developing, but with him, with Matt Nagy, with this offense, it feels like he's doing the exact opposite. Yeah, uh, yeah, which we've we've talked about the R word a lot over the last few seasons here in Chicago, which is regression uh, for the entire offense, maybe this team. Uh, in general and even though we saw some good strides from Justin Fields you know week to week over the course of the last month this was one like you said Nick where it felt like you know he took a step back whether it be those underthrown balls like the interception Uh, I know he took another deep shot in third down that looks like Robinson slipped I know the field had some moisture with some of that rain Uh, so that one I can live with it that was just a pivotal point because it was still only a two-score game so if you when you throw that interception and you give Tampa the ball and another short field, like that's when I knew the game was over. Like that was the yeah. throw, that was the play. Like, all right, well, they're gonna march. Even if they get a field goal, it's gonna be a three score game, and this Bears team is not gonna come back from that deficit. Two scores, maybe they keep it interesting in the second half. Three scores is an impossible task going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So talked about fields. Uh, we mentioned the positive with Khalil Herbert being able to rush the football. The offensive line is a huge issue. Uh, in of itself, and I feel like uh, you know it starts with them uh, on a lot of this too. Uh, the final play calling wasn't super great here today uh, in general, but I, I don't know, Nick. I, it's just broken. Like this offense is broken, and the only way you can fix it is up front in the trenches, getting that line to play at a, you know a higher degree. But as we saw today, like they're so thin. Like Elijah Wilkinson going down, the fact that he was like even holding up that right side uh, a bit after Fetty and going down to another tackle pretty much 
destroy the whole thing. Uh, I think it shows how fragile this team is. No, definitely. And then you see individuals too, like, you know, Sam Musfer played, you know, all right football, good football last year, right? Just being in a, and put in, in a role, but you saw like, now there are times where he's being overmatched. There's low snaps too. There was another like fumbled snap that happened in the game. I don't know if that was on fields or Sam Musfer, but that's two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's starting, like like, starting to feel like Owen Crude's from Rex Grossman. Like they, you know, it, they would never get that, and it's starting to feel like it a little bit. Yeah, it's like some simple little things like that. I know um, Cody Whitehair got manhandled on a couple of plays. It's like guys are just not winning those one-on-one matchups, and even when like there have been fumbles, I'm just seeing offensive linemen not willing to go down and like get the ball. It's like Justin Fields having to do it, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just a bunch of different you know, individual things from, from these guys up front that obviously isn't working, but you mentioned the offense is broken and and really it's, it's always been broken. There's never been anything really good about this offense in terms of what they can potentially do. Uh, It doesn't matter. The quarterback doesn't matter. Who's calling plays. They can maybe manage. They'll just manage a game. If anything, it's not like they, they look to exploit stuff. Like I, I I pointed out a play where, Tom Brady, um, it was the first touchdown of the day to Chris Godwin, I believe, the first touchdown where Godwin just motions in and then he gets lined up, get matched up with Danny Trevathan one-on-one. It's like that's such an easy way to get your wide receiver on the Bears, arguably, you know, one of, not even their best um, coverage linebacker. Obviously, Danny Trevathan has played limited snaps. So easy touchdown, easy things that they can do that creates points. You never see the easy or like, hey, that make that makes sense, Matt Nagy. Like, you don't, or you know, Bill, whatever. You don't see those things, but that's something that I think all thirty-one other teams will run and be like, let's let's get this wide receiver on this linebacker, and I bet you good things will happen. You don't really see that with the Bears. You don't. It and then the most damning part of that entire thing you just laid out, Nick, was when Nagy got hired. That's what he started touting himself for. That's what we heard about Kansas City, like. Here's a guy who can scheme players and scheme around your talent and scheme guys open was the big one that we kept hearing back in 2018. That's really not coming into fruition. I think over the last, what, two seasons now, two plus seasons, we're starting to really, uh, defense has figured out Matt Nagy and his offense, and he has no answer uh, whatsoever. doesn't matter who's under center. uh, doesn't matter who's calling the plays. This is just a broken system, a broken offense. And on, in many ways today, at least a, a broken team. And I say that, I want to go back to you with a question, Nick. What do you believe is the biggest problem uh, on this side of the ball? It doesn't have to be today specific, but just kind of looking forward because the schedule doesn't get much easier. Well, for this season, the biggest problem is is really where or how this offense can actually show growth because if they're, if they're capable of doing that and because if the system itself is just not doesn't have the players and if you're calling the wrong you know just not calling the right plays and just not scheming things right that you're really limiting growth for your rookie quarterback so i think that's what the biggest issue is it goes back to you know why this offense is as bad as it is it goes back to the hire the bears made in 2018 with matt Nagy. He, he doesn't have an offense it's he tried to bring kansas city's version and his tweaks to it but it's it's never going to be that like it, it, we've seen it, this has been happening for far too long to, to, to say otherwise. But I think that's the biggest issue. It's like the actual core of the system itself, and then what you're trying to get out of this year to show that growth for Justin Fields to have him learn to have him be a, a better player than when he started. That's in jeopardy. 
that is honestly in jeopardy because of what is going on offensively. You're not you're not getting any valuable, I, I want almost any valuable reps, and maybe that's too too much because every time Just Fields is out there, he potentially is learning. But it just seems like you're, there's not a lot of positives that are coming out from every time that offense is stepping out into the field. No, there's not. <laughs> we can be honest. There's none right now. And I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, Nick, would Fields be in a better position if he wasn't thrust into that starting role so soon where he was watching this offense from the sidelines with all their issues and you know learning from it or you know through like via like osmosis? <laughs> um, potentially. I mean, but I feel like a lot of these rookie quarterbacks there have I mean, you look at Zach Wilson, you look at Trevor Lawrence, guys, they've had their struggles. You know, Mac Jones is looking surprisingly pretty good but again he's got he's got a coaching staff that's won a lot it's been very successful i would say so i think that if you have that that in place obviously it's going to help your your rookie qb but you know maybe maybe sitting a little bit longer and seeing maybe andy Dolan go through these struggles would have helped uh justin Fields to see oh crap this is what i'm about to get myself into uh, you know if he wasn't starting at this point but yeah it's hard it's hard to say and it's it's really would Andy Dalton even be having any any more success than the Just Fields had? It, it seems like it, 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 he wouldn't. No, I, I don't know if it's. I'm not really looking for you know putting Dalton out there is going to lead this team to a higher degree of success. I just feel bad watching Fields take the punishment that he just you know takes each uh, and every week. You know, four sacks here today, another handful of hits that he took, whether it be in the pocket, moving outside the pocket, trying to make plays with his feet. Like he's, I know he's young and he's a tough dude, but like yeah, you hate to watch your quarterback absorb as much, you know, punishment uh, as we do see from Fields right now. Anything else on this side of the ball? Uh, again, third down, they did diddly, uh, two for eleven. I think our first third down conversion came in the second half, and it was Demir Bird, by the way. So <laughs> look at that, scheming up number ten uh, for an easy look underneath uh, that led to it. Uh, but yeah, once they got down early, uh, which some of that blames on the offense uh, with some of those turnovers to give those short fields. Uh, I felt like it was they're just doomed uh, from that point forward. Oh, look at that. Nice little change in the color there. Uh, sorry. Um, the one other thing I do want to mention offensively, the one drive where the Bears actually scored, it, this goes to Matt Nagy. They were kind of marching down the field a little bit. They had some bigger plays. You hit, let's see, they were Justin Fields hit Allen Robinson for a four-yard game. They, they were able to overcome a second and four, but then they get first and goal at the Tampa Bay 10. But prior, they and they had, what, this was a 10-play drive? Or a 10-play drive, 57 yards. So, once they get uh, after that completion, Allen Robinson, they look like the Bears are ready to just call another play. The, the play clock was, you know, going down, but Matt Nagy calls a timeout. And after that timeout, it seemed like momentum for this Bears offense had just stopped because then the next three plays, Will, from the 10, you got Khalil Herbert up the middle, no gain. Then you have a second 10, a, a, an incomplete pass for Justin Fields, and then another incomplete pass, the, the fade to Jesper Horstead. To the left corner so the bears were actually moving the ball and they were actually getting some good gains it started with darnell mooney for 17 yards and you hit khalil herbert for a 13 yard gain up the middle justin Fields scrambled for five and you hit another big uh, run for herbert with 12 yards they were moving then this timeout happens and everything kind of stopped momentum wise so it goes back to matt Nagy. like what there was i don't know what his reasoning for that timeout was hopefully he gets asked in the press conference, but it just seemed like momentum had stopped. They settled for a field goal. And that was the only drive, obviously where the bears had any, any momentum or scoring points, but that timeout, I thought, I thought about that. I'm like, why, 
why did you have to go and just stop your offense from rolling? Matt Nagy just finds a way to always do something like that. Now, I did hear, uh, at least via the broadcast analysis, that the Bears may have been called for a penalty if they didn't call that because there's oh, okay. two men who went in motion on that play, so they would have had an illegal motion. So that's still an issue in of itself. Like they Execution. would have shot themselves in the foot and they would have had to move back. And obviously they couldn't even gain the yards that they had. Maybe a little extra wiggle room in a red zone could have worked. Maybe it actually would have been a benefit for us because uh, things got a little tight down there. But yeah, uh, regardless, the Bears, even like that fumble that you talked about, that fumble snap, like that was another promising drive that got stalled due to a mistake. Uh, by this offense we know they're not able to overcome uh, mistakes but uh, if I want to put like any final thoughts uh, on this offense <laughs> and I'm using maybe the quote like air quotes around the terms offense right now because when you <laughs> score three points I don't know what kind of offense you are uh, at this stage but you know, just disappointment all around uh, every single positional group most of the players outside of Khalil Herbert uh, just very disappointed about what I saw it here today. Starting to get some real concerns about the lack of development from McCole Komet uh, in this offense, whether it's not getting him involved or him, once he has the ball in his hands, not having the awareness to know when to like turn things inside versus bouncing into the outside. There's like that one pass that's like a quick screen, and then White Hero's out there on a block, and he was driving his guy to the sideline, and Komet's like, yeah, let me try to sneak through here real quick, and just got caught up in the mess. Uh, with the TV angle, I can't tell you how many yards he would have maybe gained if he cut it in, but I felt like it could have been more. Uh, but yeah, just I think just disappointment all the way around for me, and a tremendous amount of frustration that I'm trying to keep bottled in because <laughs> like, I don't need me ranting on here is not going to fix it. Like, Oh, they turned on our podcast. Like, Oh, the world wits pissed off guys. Like we got to play better. Nah, that doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. And you know, I'm not out there with the Jersey on uh, getting embarrassed like they did. And I hope they feel embarrassed. I just think they accept where they are right now. And that is so demoralizing for the next 10 weeks. No, for, for sure. Well, and I, Again, we're going to see how they're going to rebound next week. But, like, these losses, like, we feel as badly after these losses. Like, how do you feel as a player? And knowing that on the other side, like, uh, other side of whether you're on offense or defense, like, yeah, they are just whooping us. Like, each and every play. It's like, that's going to be so demoralizing as a team. Yeah, it, it sure is. And uh, speaking from, you know, one bad side of the ball, let's move over to the other. I was talking about this Bears defense. They gave up, you know, 38 points today, only 400 uh, total yards of offense surrendered. And I, I say only 400. This Tampa Bay offense could have scored, uh, gotten a lot more yards if they had some oh, longer yeah. fields to work with. Like it could have been real ugly, uh, uh, real quick. Seven different trips to the red zone again, allowed touchdowns on five of those. Nick, when you see what the defense did here today, What's the story? I feel like to me it's the short fields early on and then the offense not doing anything is another week where the defense like, well, why do we need to try? Like I can't we and they're not built to carry the load like they used to. No, they they definitely aren't. And I mean I think when you look at some of just the plays, like, you know, they're they 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 knew how to scheme and kind of get their matchups that they wanted. They targeted Kendall Vildor early on, got a pass interference early on in the game. Um, and like I said, they had the one play where you have Godwin on, on Trevathan and, you know, it's just, it's simple. It was simple things early on. That's like, it, okay, that makes sense. That's why you're going to exploit this bears defense. Um, but then it just kind of goes to, can guys just honestly make, make the plays necessary and consistently throughout an entire game because of the bears, what they didn't do this, this week, will what they've been the best at in the NFL is getting sacks. They got none of those today on Tom Brady, not a single sack. So if you take that, whole element that that pressure from the Bears defense 
then what are we really looking at here? We're not looking at a unit that secondary wise can make, you know, these plays that we've been, I don't know, accustomed to is not the right word I want to say, but you know, they've made in, in the past sometimes, but if you don't have that pressure, you can't get a guy like Tom Brady slightly off. Then you're, you're going to get, you're, you're going to get the, the 400 plus yard passing the four touchdowns in the first half for Tom Brady. It's like, those things are going to happen if you can't bring the, the pressure there. And the Bears defense simply couldn't. Yeah, I mean, they definitely missed Robert Quinn uh, out there today. And really, the entire outside linebacking unit today really showed its lack of depth uh, just due to the, some of the injuries and uh, COVID issues that the Bears are dealing with right now, right? Because we lost uh, Tachu a week ago, Robert Quinn yep. this week because he's on the COVID list. So then you have guys playing outside backer, like Travis Gibson starting. Like, he's a really good up-and-comer, but he shouldn't be your starting opposite of Khalil Mack. I think we saw a lot of Christian Jones playing outside linebacker. So then you have, like, your yeah. third or fourth inside guy lining up outside, which we know he's slightly versatile, but even then that's not good. But I feel like, Nick, I know there was no Akeem Hicks today as he, you know, uh, tweaked that groin a week ago. I feel like the defensive line really struggled today, uh, helping in this regard. And I know without Akeem, that's a harder task, but this is a deep unit that didn't play like it today. No, absolutely not. Like Leonard Fournette was having himself look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran it 31 times, and you know, they had a lot of those runs later on. They had a lead, they didn't really need to pass as much. But when Leonard Fournette was, you know, when they were. I don't even know when it was kind of a game still, like they were still effectively able to just run the ball when they wanted to Leonard Fournette, the 15 carries 81 yards touchdown run running really physical too. And Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't also make sense. Will when the Buccaneers had seven offensive linemen in the game, the bears are still in the nickel package. It's like, you know, the Buccaneers are running. Why is Duke Shelley even out there? Get some bigger guys out there in your, your schemes and your, your personnel to even give yourself a chance. And, like, again, simple things that you're not doing, and yet you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because you won't even do that. So, yeah, when you add all that up and you have the offensive line that the Buccaneers do, then you're able to effectively get that ground game and take advantage of a defensive line that doesn't have a Keem Hicks. But like you said, they should be playing better. We've seen them play without Keem Hicks, and they, you know, came up to make plays, whether it was Blackson or, you know, Bilal Nichols, guys like that didn't happen today at all. No, I didn't. And you mentioned too the, jeez, ah, my brain. Like I said, it's going in uh, a pure mush. But you talked about like those weird decisions, like staying in nickel and all that, and like throwing in a Danny Trevathan once you get down to the red zone. Like, the, why was he even on the field at that stage too? It's like to, you yeah. know he's your worst coverage linebacker. So why would you give Tom Brady uh, an opportunity like that? And to combat the nickel one, two, maybe that is a situation where you throw Danny on the field with an Ogletree and a Roquan, and they have three really good run defending linebackers out there to make a play. Uh, but because Duke Shelley is not going to make those, uh, on top of that as well. So some confusion, uh, definitely all the way around. Uh, so we talked about in, in good length, like the short fields that Tampa had to work with early. Uh, I think there's like three drives in the first quarter, uh, that they actually got to start uh, either at the Bears 40 or even closer, uh, able to score touchdowns on all three uh, of those possessions. Who do you think we missed more today? Uh, Robert Quinn with the lack of pass rush or like a Tashawn Gibson, Deion Bush combo uh, on the back end of this defense? Because I thought DeAndre Houston Carson you know, tr- filled in admirably, played with a lot of effort, but he's still not at that same starting level of a defensive back that we need in the back end. And you also saw other guys out there like Mark Christian, Atiz Tabor, 
they really tried to throw, you know, everything in the kitchen sink back there. And regardless, Tom Brady threw four touchdowns, three of them to Mike Evans in the first half. What were we missing the most, either up in the trenches or back on the back end? No, uh, we were just missing, you know, being short. You need a couple of Hall of Famers on that side of the ball to really stop <laughs> what the Bucks are going to do today. And you could pick and choose your guys. It'll still be difficult. But definitely it's Robert Quinn just because he, you know, him and Mac were the leading uh you know sack duo in, in the nfl but you know with dhc he like there were plays where he knocked the ball out of mike evans's hands it was i think a third down play and it was a great play by by dhc but then you see there's a holding call by alec ogletree so even when they're trying to make plays on defense someone else is doing something they're not supposed to be doing and it's mitigating that that one good play that you needed and keeping this bucks offense on the field so it's definitely Quinn, but even Will, like if they had him there too, it's like, yeah, how how much of a difference would would he make in, in terms of what this final score is? Probably probably not a lot. So it's like even if the Bears were at full strength, all sides of the ball, everything is clicking, they just didn't have a chance in this one. They really didn't. So uh, and I, I kind of like seeing DHC on the field. He he's a guy that is instinctive. You know, will try and make plays when when possible, but. Yeah, you you would like to see it more in a role where it is to Sean Gibson. Look, you know he's been missing tackles too this season, but you have him in in the rotation that they were doing early on. That was working for the Bears in that secondary. But yeah, it's definitely Robert Quinn for me. Now you mentioned the HC and those instincts. He was second on the team today now with eleven tackles. That's uh, tied with Eddie Jackson. Uh, eleven tackles. Taking those tackling comments a little personally, perhaps. I, I you know, <laughs> He was at least a little bit more involved than we saw uh, in the past. But still, I think having two safeties, Nick, combined for 22 total tackles is uh, you know a statement in of itself of where these tackles were being made on the field. I, early on in this game, those big early touchdown drives, like Tampa wasn't facing third downs uh, I think on the very first drive they didn't even face a second down it was chunk play chunk play chunk play touchdown uh, yep. so it was easy for the Buccaneers uh, when the Bears were allowing them to score uh, and it's hard because I can look at some stats and t- look at like the yards per play wasn't that much uh, and things like that but I feel like garbage time really kind of hurt mm-hmm. that and so I'm really not going to get into kind of some of those numbers right now where else? What else can we talk about about this event? It's really hard when they don't show up and they allow so many points early on to really find many different talking points because outside of, again, the first half, it's all just garbage. And inside the first half, it was pretty atrocious as well. No, and that's what makes it difficult. Like even like talking about the, the – I mean, there was a lot of things wrong with the offense, but defensively, it's another game where it, it's like you're going up against an offense that will take – advantage of any little mistake that you can make any little personnel uh mistake any you know if you're outside of like a certain position where you're on the field let's capitalize on those things so it was just a like i think what was it tony romo said was a perfect storm for what what was happening with the bears just kind of having the people injured and going against tom you know the bucks at home and then the offense not doing anything leaving the defense out there it's like they couldn't they couldn't do anything well um, I think the only there was like a positive. I knew in this game the Buccaneers are going to run a lot of screens, and up until maybe like again later in the game, they had actually done a fairly good job. Roquan Smith made a phenomenal play on one mm-hmm. of the first screens that they faced early on in the game. It's like all right, that's that's what the Bears need to continue to keep doing. And I think in that aspect of the Buccaneers' offense, they did a good job of limiting the big play potentials off of those things. But 
there it's just it's tough will it's a 38 to 3 game obviously you gave up way too many points in this your offense didn't help you out and now we're seeing like if the bears don't have a pass rush man they are a team that you can move the ball on and even jalen johnson their best their best cover corner well he was beat on two perfect passes perfect passes the deep ball to mike evans and then the touchdown to mike perfect ball like it doesn't matter how good of a corner you are you're getting beat and we we saw that today so don't have the pass rush i don't think the bears really have a chance no i mean we know the issues that the second we've talked about it since july june like the secondary is shaky at best and they need a pass rush and in games where they are getting sacks and getting pressures and quarterback hits things tend to fall in place and today when tom brady had you know he could eat a bag of chips in the pocket wipe his hands off pick up the football and still make a throw uh, again going against probably the best quarterback uh, you know ever to play the game you're not going to be able to do much to stop it and you know Jalen did have really good coverage maybe he was like a step behind so just mm-hmm. as late as he was to practice earlier this week like just that minute <laughs> late I, I think that it was so uh yeah that was a rough week for him I, I guess in general but yeah it's I don't know I don't want to even get into all the minutiae here and dissect every little thing like we can talk about Blaw Nichols getting heated and throwing a punch and getting ejected which is frustrating but at least someone showed some passion like I don't like to see a guy punch someone else in the head and make a stupid decision and you know get fi- and probably get fined from it and all of that but at least some and I know the Bears defense takes that bait too uh, all too consistently I don't know. It's embarrassing when you're losing. If it was a close game, I'm like, hey, at least he was trying to stick up for someone. I don't know. Trying to find positive. You know, that's, yeah, that, how I looked at that, Will, it's like, that's, you know, with Bears players punching other players, it's like, we've seen that twice last year. And, you know, Javon Wims got suspended for it. And I want that, man, he, he really, he got him. And I don't get it. Like, you're punching someone in the helmet. Like, you're only risking yourself there, but. It could be a suspension for Bilal Nichols coming in in the future too. We just talked about this defensive line without a Hicks. No guarantee he's he's healthy in a week or two with that groin injury. It's like now you're just hurting the team moving forward too. It's like those things can't happen. And a reflection on you know the, the coach and the staff and just kind of I, I get it. You're getting blown out. You're in the you know every time the Bucks are getting in the red zone, they're scoring. They're able to run. The, they're able to do whatever they want. And it, the I forget who it was was it Jensen or the center like he he's got uh he's known for trying to get under people's skins like he he's a very physical player and he probably you know just getting the best of Bilal Nichols and the only way he can absolve what was going on is giving him a punch and that doesn't help him doesn't help anybody but yeah it's uh it's frustrating well it it all is uh, honestly so. Uh, issues on offense uh, we talked about there's uh, some serious issues on defense uh, again going up against a team like they did today they needed to be you know near perfect and they were far from it uh so that's kind of where we stand any final thoughts on this side of the ball no will but before we go into everything else um just going to tell everybody about owen and what's the great products there like so at living here too if you're like me watching these terrible bears games makes you want to go to the gym and let out some steam and after a great workout it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and build proteins so that's why will and i we drink owen that's right owen which stands for only what you need owen is a 100 plant-based protein company and all of their products are plant-based free of artificial ingredients and are allergen friendly. 
Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their dark chocolate protein shake that has 20 grams of protein, which is my personal favorite. And I first heard about uh, Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. You can get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use the code TCA20. Join me, join Will, join the Chicago Audible and Justin Fields, and try Owen only what you need. And look, it'll be the only win that you'll get from, you know, if you use Owen, use our code, you're winning, unlike the Bears did today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. I, I like that. The Bears give us plenty uh, to be desired, but at least with Owen, you know, you actually get what you need, uh, which may not be the exact <laughs> case uh, when you're watching uh, the Chicago Bears team not show up uh, on a road game like today. One and three on a road for the year, three and four on the season uh, as a whole. So getting into the fourth quarter of the show, is there even anything special teams worthy uh, in a game that was dominated by, I mean, yes, I do think that big punt return perhaps early on did kind of help shape some of that momentum that kind of let Tampa Bay run away with it uh, quicker than all of us uh, would have liked. Uh, already mentioned Santos doing his job, continuing his streak along outside of that. I got nothing. There is nothing else to mention, but as soon as you saw the, the special teams or the punt return happen, it's like, man, it's going to be all three phases, isn't it? That it's just going to, you know, go in, in favor of the Buccaneers. And really that's what it was. For sure. Uh, if I had to call an audible, Nick, I would just maybe, not watch the game. Not, maybe not watch <laughs> the game. Focus on some, you know, uh, other family matters over here instead. Maybe the Bears should defer to coin toss. Uh, I can go on and on. I feel like it starts with the opening kickoff, and then there's probably like ten or fifteen mulligans I wish I could have uh, before I don't know halfway through the first quarter. Um, but outside of that, you know, smooth sailing. But uh, <laughs> do you have any others? Uh, if you wanted to dive into this one, I feel like the whole game's a wash at this point. Yeah, the whole game is a wash. I was at a wedding this past weekend, so like I was still kind of recovering from it. I wish I would have just napped <laughs> and I would have woke up like, oh, okay, this is what I kind of expected. Um, but if I wanted to go maybe one place specifically to kind of see, I wonder, again, that, that third down drop pass from Cole Komet, do the Bears continue that drive? Probably not. Probably, honestly not, just knowing how this game was shaping up. But maybe get some early confidence. Maybe it's actually somewhat of a game for maybe two seconds longer than what it would have been without it so there really isn't a lot will and that's just you know indicative of what you know the disparity between these two teams the bears are low end of the totem pole and buccaneers are going to be playing for another super bowl no doubt yeah it's crazy like as i was watching this game i kept thinking back about the 2018 meeting when we blew them out because this, the game was going the exact yeah. opposite and just like the total you know opposite the trajectories that these both both these teams have taken since that time and i know when you get tom brady and he gets to recruit some big players that helps but just it's really i don't know it's eye-opening uh, to see where tampa bay was where we were and how they've risen and how far you know we continue to kind of slide here although we like to slide and then hover around that average territory to keep things as boring i guess as they have been but mm -hmm. yeah that's a good one uh for mvbs uh, i'll go with cleo herbert yet again i think that's like the third week in a row uh, 100 yards on the ground added another 33 
uh, as a receiver. Uh, I think a good chunk of that, though, came on that like little pop pass uh, that allowed him to kind of jet around. So that's basically a run, but they're going to count it uh, as a reception. But he continues to be uh, the best thing we have going for us on offense, and I love it. Uh, I just also feel like if your fifth-round rookie running back is your best player on offense with all the other additions that they have tried to make uh, on this side of the ball, that's also very alarming uh, as well. So, uh, b- But in a positive way, very proud of what I saw from Khalil Herbert here today, and uh, he'll be my MVP. Uh, how about you? It's it's the only guy that is deserving of being the most valuable bear. And, yeah, he shows really good vision and just all the things that, um, you know, he did in college and what would translate to this current Bears offense, which, again, really is not much of an offense. Um, he is he is capitalizing on what, you know, this, this line is giving him and just his opportunities out there. And it's great to see, especially because the Bears needed – Somebody step up, especially with Williams going on COVID reserve list. Obviously, he was back today. Montgomery getting injured. He stepped up, and he's capitalized on those moments. All right, so for two-minute warnings, uh, I'll go ahead and kick things off, and I I doubt I make the entire 120 seconds here, but uh, I think the last two weeks, Nick, has taught us a ton uh, about this Bears team and where they stand. Uh, The more I think about it, uh, I look at that Bengals win as a potential fluke uh, on this roster. Uh, The Raiders win uh, after Gruden got fired. I think they were a little distracted in that locker room as well uh, into that game day. Uh, So I think we lucked out over there. So I think we're lucky uh, that we're not sitting here at one and six uh, to kind of start this season. Uh, It's just funny how a few different things can kind of go. Uh, a certain way. Uh, but yeah, uh, when you measure up against the Green Bay Packers as poorly as they did, uh, if you, when you follow that up, going up against a potential Super Bowl winner yet again in the Buccaneers uh, and getting blown out like they did. I know the NFL is a weird league when it's week to week. Like look at some of the other box scores today, and I'm very surprised uh, by a handful of them. Um, but just how the Bears pretty much didn't show up here to play today and pretty much rolled over uh, before the thing really got started. Uh, it's just very disappointing. And I know they'll probably turn it around somewhat to get my hopes back up, you know, in about a week uh, going up again. So I think what's next, the 49ers? I don't even have the schedule in front of me. 49ers. So- yeah, so it's one of those we'll see how they kind of rebound. And usually, I think in the past, like, okay, you know, it's one loss. It's okay, two losses in a row now. They're both pretty bad. Uh, let's see how this team can respond. And I'm still going to be looking for that. I just don't want it to lead to too much false hope uh, for this middle portion of the season. And I don't know. I think there are some serious issues in all three phases. And until they get cleaned up, and it's all the way from coaching down to some of the depth uh, issues as well in this team that uh, we're in for uh, a roller coaster and a tough road ahead. So uh, this outcome is what I expected in terms of a loss. Didn't expect them to lose as bad as they did, uh, go down as quickly uh, as they did as well. And uh, I think everyone listening knows I'm just deeply disappointed in in my team here today. Uh, How about you, Nick? What's your two-minute warning? So the thing is with this loss, it's like you expect, the Buccaneers probably expect every single week they're going to get the other team's best effort. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. So every week is going to be a challenge. Look, even the game against Philadelphia last week for them, it's a 28-22 to 22 win. And yes, it could have been more for the Bucs, but hey, the Eagles were able to make a comeback. The Bears didn't bring their best effort. The Bears were outcoached. They were not prepared. They weren't ready for what was going to happen in Tampa Bay. And under Matt Nagy, why has that always been a constant? You know there's going to be a few games like that every year where 
Like, I don't know why Tony Romo was saying this Bears team is better than what they're showing reflective of 38 to three score. Yes, maybe they're a little bit better, but quite honestly, like we've been in this situation where people are in the comments, just fire naggy and frustrated with this team. We're here talking about just the lack of effort, the lack of execution, the lack of just anything to build off of each and every season. There's losses like this. And when does it get better? When will it get better? If it ever gets better, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anytime soon and the bears they have a hell of a schedule still remaining so it's not like this is going to be uh because they're getting you know better you know weaker opponents yeah you may just have gone against one of the toughest ones but still they don't have any building blocks offensively to take away from this game defensively obviously i think there's a lot more issues than you know maybe there was a, a little bit ago but this is a bears team that has issues will and i don't know when it gets better you know, Khalil Herbert is out there saying, hey, I'm a building block on offense. True. Yeah, and he is. But it's like if he's if the fifth round draft pick is your or sixth round, whatever. We're late round pick that Herbert got drafted. It's like we need more than that. We need Darnell Mooney to still show he's a building block. We need we need this this offense to show us something. And man, it's just it really is not show, coming out that way, especially after this loss. I was going to ask the eight ball a question. I don't even know what's worth. Like, will, will it get better? Does it get better? Does it matter? It, it, yeah. Even does it matter? Honestly. So that what the bears go out and get a couple more wins or near the 500. Like does that doesn't do anything. Honestly, I, I, it doesn't do anything for the future of this organization and the changes that need to be made because they've been 500 the past two seasons. Yeah. It's uh <clears throat> It's disconcerting. If you have the eight ball, you can ask if it matters real quick, and then I'll wrap it up. All right, eight ball. Does it matter? Does anything matter anymore this bear season? And it says, oh, boy, we're struggling here. And he won't even give me an answer. My sources say no. Yeah. He has some credible (laughs) sources. I'll tell you that. Yeah, the eight ball. All right, Nick. uh, Let's just – put a bow on this episode because I don't think there's anything that we can say about this game that we haven't yet already. Uh, just an abysmal effort by a, an average team that uh, it's going to be an interesting ride the rest of the way. Uh, you know, I have a newborn coming up within a month uh, here. I don't know. I'm thinking about focusing on my, on my newborn son here uh, more than this team uh, come the late portion of November. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, that could be an offline conversation. They just, <laughs> the Bears, they continue to break my heart and d- dampen uh, and darken uh, my soul. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let's just close shop. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, for tuning in, uh, especially those who are here live. I know it's Sunday night. Uh, that game was horrendous, but you're still here in the chat. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, showing out and you know letting out some of your frustration too uh, in that platform. Uh, make sure to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, rate, review our show over on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Uh, up next, we'll begin looking at Week Eight already and the Forty Niners. Uh, but again, the Bears uh, lose by the final score, thirty-eight to three, and there are just so many questions. And I, I don't know if this team uh, has the answers. And uh, I guess we'll find out together. Uh, but until next time. Bear down, Chicago. Bear down.